Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is episode number 15. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your lesson manual or student workbook of the Living Word series summer 2020 and we'll be turning to lesson number nine intended for august 2nd 2020 lesson titled the priority of god's house for those of you who are not word of flame curriculum customers we invite you to grab your bible sit back and let's dive into god's word together Well, before we look at our lesson text today, if you want to go ahead and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 24, before we look at those verses today and draw uh, some application, what we could do to apply this scripture to our hearts today and for the rest of this week, I wanted to share with you something I was thinking about just a little bit ago as a child. I loved uh, I loved sports. I loved getting involved in, I, I played a little bit, little league baseball when I was a kid, maybe nine, 10, 11 years of age I played. But I remember when I decided to play, I remembered that, I remember my parents telling me that you can play, you can do it, but as long as, you know, if, if there's ever a game or a practice that competes with church service or competes with anything at the church, you will do whatever's at the church and you will do it over practice. I remember making that statement to the coach, told him that this is our commitment, this is what we'll do, there might be some games that I miss. Uh, I remember my parents telling that, and and I having to be as a, even a 9, 10-year-old, 11-year-old uh, boy, I had to stand for that also. And and But it was something that taught me something very, very important from very early on in my life, that the house of God was a major priority. And I remember there were a couple games um, that I had to miss. Uh, I, I wasn't the greatest of baseball players, but at least on that team, we only had a couple of us that were any good at all. It was not a very good team. Uh, but I remember I was usually the starting pitcher. Uh, if I didn't play pitcher, if I wasn't pitching during the game, I was I was placed at sh- the shortstop position. And I remember there were some games I did miss. But I at the end of the season, one particular year, I was called by my coach and asked to be at an awards ceremony for our city league, the city of Bridgeton. And my I and my family were invited to be a part of that. And they were honoring teams and players and it was a it was a banquet as a meal. And I was probably 10, 11 years of age. And out of all the players that played, all the teams that played, I was one of three or four uh, players that were nominated to be player of the year. And when my name was read, I don't remember winning it, but my coach nominated me. And I just have vague memories uh, as, a, as a child hearing him read off why he nominated me. And the one thing they admired was our stance and our commitment to the church. And so it showed me at an early age that my parents showed me the importance of taking a stand, setting the right priorities, the priority of God's house, the priority of church. 
and even though I had to miss a game or two, that it was something that those around me admired, that it was a commitment that was made. And I'm so thankful for that, that early on in life, I learned that, and I learned the importance of the house of God. I learned the importance of being there at church. I learned just the importance of that commitment in my life. Well, this lesson we're going to look at today, it's lesson number nine in in the lesson manual, the workbook for those who are Word of Flame curriculum customers. This lesson is entitled, The Priority of God's House. Why don't you turn with me, if you would, to 2 Chronicles chapter 24, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. All right, 2 Chronicles chapter 24, and let's read beginning at verse number 1. We're reading in the King James Version. Joash was seven years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Zabiah of Beersheba. And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And Jehoiada took for him two wives, and he begat sons and daughters. In verse 4, And it came to pass after this that Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. And he gathered together the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out into the cities of Judah and gather of all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that ye hasten the matter. Howbeit the Levites hastened it not. And the king called for Jehoiada the chief and said unto him, Why hast thou not required of the Levites to bring in out of Judah and out of Jerusalem the collection? according to the commandment Moses the servant of the Lord had made, and of the congregation of Israel, for the tabernacle of witness. For the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, had broken up the house of God, and also all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord did they bestow upon Balaam. And at the king's commandment they made a chest, and set it without at the gate of the house of the Lord. And they made a proclamation through Judah and Jerusalem, to bring in to the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, laid upon Israel in the wilderness. And all the princes and all the people rejoiced and brought in and cast into the chest until they had made an end. Now it came to pass that at what time the chest was brought into the king's office by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money, the king's scribe and the high priest's officer came and emptied the chest and took it and carried it to its place again. Thus they did day by day and gathered money in abundance. Our focus verses for today are verses 10 and 11. Let me read those again to you. And all the princes and all the people rejoiced and brought in and cast into the chest until they had made an end. Now it came to pass that at what time the chest was brought unto the king's office by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money, the king's scribe and the high priest's officer came and emptied the chest and took it and carried it to his place again. Thus they did day by day and gathered money in abundance. The focus thought for today is we must make the house of God a priority in our lives. We're going to look at some, break down some of these scriptures here in a moment and kind of draw some questions. Think about this for a minute, just like we do every one of these podcasts, but just to kind of understand what's going on here, 
The house of God was in disarray. Things had been broken down. Verse 7 tells us that Athaliah, this wicked woman, her sons had broken up the house of God. They had taken the dedicated things, the sacred things from the house of the Lord. They had, they had, they had brought, they committed sacrilege, really. They had mistreated the house of God and those things that were dedicated for use in the house of God, and they had given them and offered them as kind of an offering to the false god Balaam. They had treated God's house inappropriately. And Joash the king, who the Bible says, at least he started out doing things in, right in the sight of the Lord, and he, it, it, he had this moment where he was minded to repair the house of the Lord. That his mind was turned to, this is important. We need to make sure that God's house is taken care of and it's treated right. Let's look at these first four verses. Let's, let's think about these for a moment. Joash, seven years old, and began to reign. Uh, the, the Bible does mention uh, Joash's mother. It's interesting, a couple of these uh, kings that you'll read through, if you read through in Chronicles and Kings, uh, that the Bible specifically mentions their mother. Here, Joash, his mother's name, a very prominent person in his life, a very, uh, the, the right, it, the Bible is emphasizing the, the right influence on him. And not only was his mother, Zabiah, but also Jehoiada, the priest. And Joash came to a, a point in his life where the, the, the house of the Lord, the temple was, was kind of brought to his attention. And he realized, you know what? We need to repair the house of God. Verse four said, Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. He made up his mind. There was, some, there was, a, there was a choice that was made, a decision that was made. It came to his attention. His mind realized, we've got to do something about the house of the Lord. I want to ask you a question. I'm kind of thinking about these four verses. How important is God's house to you? How important is God's house to you. I would say we're, we're still at the time of this recording, we are still in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Uh, there are churches still that some have gone into a, a new, um, they, they've had to back things up and they're not having church. They're back online. Some churches are still kind of uh, holding on their, their counties, their governments have, have, have allowed us, them to still kind of continue as long as they, um, limit the number of people that can come as long as they wear a mask. I mean, we're all we're all kind of living in this at some at some stage of this right now. But I and I think it's probably caused all of us to look at God's house a little bit differently. Perhaps if I asked this question to some of you listening, if I asked you about eight or nine months ago before all this happened, before the beginning of the year, perhaps if we're honest with ourselves, our answer might be a little bit different. But it's the time that it is right now. So let's think about that question for a moment. How important is God's house to you? Do you see it as a place of sacredness that you come and meet God? Is it treated with respect? Is it, is it something, is the house of God a place, maybe you grew up differently. Maybe you didn't grow up uh, in a situation like, like I did where I had people telling me this is the way you need to treat the house of God. There are some people that didn't grow up near the house of God, didn't grow up around it. And so as they came in, they learned, and there was maybe there was even for you more of an awe and a respect for uh, the house of God. For me, I grew up in it all my life, and so I think there was a tendency for, for me, and I know for others that grew up around God's house for a while, it became that, it just became another place. It became, 
but you knew what happened. There's wonderful things that happened there. You had experiences with God there, but the physical house itself maybe was looked at a little bit differently. I remember as a kid um, going early for choir practice and my mom's in choir practice, but I'm with one of my buddies and we're in the nursery and we're and we're kicking around a ball and we're playing like it's a you know like it's a gym and it was an it was the nursery is the house of god i remember kicking the kicking the ball and busting a light one time we had to clean it up and uh, got in trouble kind of for for doing that but i didn't have in my heart this respect for the house of god how important is the house of god to you how important is it to you I think the house of God should be very, very important. As I said, with what this worldwide pandemic, what we're going through, I think all of us have probably come to respect and love and adore the house of God even more than we ever have in our past. Come to be thankful for it. The opportunity to be in the house of God is such a wonderful opportunity. And so I, I pray that the house of God's very important to you, that it's something you're teaching your kids, something you're teaching and maybe talking to your friends about, that how important God's house is and how we ought to treat the importance, or how we ought to treat God's house and how important it ought to be to each one of us. Let's look at verses 5 through 8. Verses 5 through 8. Let me read those again. And he gathered together the priests. This is Joash again. He gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, go, go out to all the cities and 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 gather from Israel, gather, tell them we need, we need to repair the house of God. So we need everybody to give, we need everybody, we're going to take up an offering. We're going to go around house to house, take up an offering. Um, we're going to do this on an ongoing basis, not just a one-time offering, but ongoing, asking them to make, this is the original building fund right here, <laughs> asking them to make commitments year to year um, to the building fund. We're going to make sure we take care of God's house. And Joash told them, he said, See that she hasten the matter. Let's let's don't don't delay it. Let's just go out and let's do it now. And those last six words of verse uh, number five really telling to maybe the the mindset of what was happening around this time. It says, "Howbeit the Levites hastened it not." There was a delayed obedience here, and so the king, verse six, calls for Jehoiada, and he says, "Why why have you not required the Levites to go out and, and collect this offering?" According to the commandment that, that Moses that Moses made and, and the congregation of Israel for the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness. Don't you know that the sons of, verse 7, the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, they've broken up the house of God. It's, it's in disarray. They've taken all those sacred, dedicated things and they've offered them to a false god. And so finally, after kind of getting on to them and, and helping them realize the importance of this, at the king's commandment, verse 9, they made a chest and they set it without the uh, the gate, the house of the Lord. Verse 8 says that. And at the king's commandment, they made a chest and set it without the gate, the house of the Lord. So once they realized the importance of this, and once the king finally got it through their mind, this is important. We gotta, we need to do this. They they hurried up and they, they did hasten it finally, and they did that. Let me ask a, a question to consider about these verses. Do you view the things inside God's house as dedicated and sacred. Do you view the things inside God's house as dedicated and sacred? Shouldn't all the things inside of God's house be set apart for sacred use? I, I think it's I think it maybe it it's something to think about in this day and age where our buildings have become multi-use buildings. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's different it's a different society today than it was back then. There's different needs, but I think there needs to be a part of God's house that's set, a, set aside for sacred use. 
I think that's why I've watched in my lifetime some pastors uh, vehemently protect the the auditorium, the, the, that that particular part that we really consider as the house of God. I know all of it, the entire building is, but there's, there's multi-use things going on in, in different parts of the building. But that sanctuary inside there where those seats are at, where that pulpit's at, where the musical instruments are at, those, that's sacred. That should be treated as dedicated unto the work of God and sacred. And I think we ought to teach our children. I think we ought to teach young people the importance of inside there where worship happens, where we meet God, where lives are changed. That should be treated with awe and should be treated with respect. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be treated um, disrespectfully. I think we need, to, we need to treat those things as dedicated and sacred. I think I could go on for a while about that. But... It's something to think about. How do we treat those things inside of God's house, inside of that sanctuary, inside of that, that, that area where we meet to worship? I think it ought to be treated. Those things in there are dedicated and sacred for the work of God. Now let's look at verses 9 through 11, these last two verses. And they made a proclamation through Judah and Jerusalem to bring into the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, laid upon Israel in the wilderness. And all the princes and all the people rejoiced. Think about that. When they finally got the word out for everybody's opportunity to give, the people rejoiced. They said, sure, we'll bring it in. And they threw money into the chest. They gave because they remembered and they tied it back. And this was the brilliant thing. They tied it back. Verse 9, they tied it back to what Moses had done in the wilderness. When he asked the people, really God directed him, I'm going to build this tabernacle, I'm going to create this place, this tent in the wilderness for God to meet with us. And to do that, we need to sacrificially give. And people brought money and brought gold and brought uh, jewels and brought all kinds of, and gave and gave and gave until there was so much that was more than enough. If everybody gives, If everybody will give, there will be more than enough in the house of God. There will be more than enough for what's needed to do what God is needing and asking of the church to do. They gave and rejoiced. Let me ask this question. Do you give with rejoicing and a cheerful heart? Do you give with rejoicing and a cheerful heart? Or do you give, as Corinthians tells us, God, that's what God desires, or do you give grudgingly or out of necessity? We ought to give with a heart that's full of joy, a cheerful heart, because really what we're giving is what God's given us. We have nothing. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. Everything we have is what God has given us. We have nothing without what God has given us. So we ought to give joyfully and rejoice at the opportunity to give. All right, I have two calls to action today, two things that I'm going to challenge you to apply to your life beginning today and throughout the week as you think on this passage, as you, and I challenge you to go back through the passage, read back through it, and, and, and apply these things to your life. First of all, first call to action for this week, I challenge you to talk to your family about the importance of God's house. Or maybe you're a single individual and you don't have a kids at home. and So if it's not your family, then I challenge you to engage your friends in a conversation about the importance of God's house. How important is it? 
How important is it? And, and, and how are we treating the things of God that are to be set aside for sacred and dedicated use to the kingdom of God? I challenge you to talk to your family about it or talk to your friends about it. And let's make sure the house of God is dedicated in our hearts for the use that it is set aside for. And the second thing, I'm going to challenge you to review your recent giving to the church. Now, I'm not your pastor, so I can say this, right? Because we're all in this together. Take a look and review your recent giving. Does it, does it show signs of faithfulness and cheerfulness? Does it show signs of faithfulness? And if it doesn't show signs of faithfulness, then, then the first thing we need to pray about and recommit ourselves to is, are we tithing? Are we giving that 10%? Are we giving that tithe to the Lord? Are we supporting the church? And if we're not, then that's the first thing we need, we need to fix. And, and we need to pray. And I've had to in my life, I'll just be totally honest with you, I've had to in my life, there have been times in my life where I struggled to, to be as faithful as I needed to be, and it was a heart condition is what it was. And I had to pray and ask God to help me and renew that joy in giving. And so I challenge you to, to pray that, to renew that joy in giving. And if, and if your, your, your giving does show faithfulness, then maybe we can pray and ask God, show me, is there, is there a cause in the church that the church is, is supporting right now? Is there, is there a needy family? Is there somewhere I could, I could give cheerfully, just out of the abundance? And you may not feel like you have an abundance, but you do. Is there a way, is there some cause I could give to through the church that would really bless somebody and that I could just do it in a way that just honor God and thank God for all that he's given to me? So I challenge you to do those two things this week and let's make God's house a priority in all of our lives. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you have given us the gift of your house that we have a place that we can come and we can find you and meet you. I know we can, we can meet you at home, we can meet you in our prayer closet, but we are so grateful that you've given us the gift of a place we can go to gather together with other believers and find, find joy and find peace and find strength and find comfort and find challenge by those around us. We're so grateful. God, I want my heart to, to respect and to prioritize your house in my life and in my family. And I pray that you would help us to do that, to live for you, to, to help us to treat the things of God, your, the things in your house as sacred and as dedicated. I want my heart to see them and to treat them with respect. I want to be an example to my children, an example to the generation after me, an example to my, my contemporary generation of treating your house right loving you and honoring you, of serving and living for you, of elevating you in my life. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for the blessings you poured out on me, the blessings you poured out on those listening today. And I pray that we would give with a cheerful heart, that we would give with rejoicing just like they did in this passage. Thank you so much. We honor you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.